0: Previously on Just Cow in the City. I'm afraid to call him now. He's going to like, how do you like the wine? It's still at Chloe's house. "Ah, Put it on my tab. Hey, who would write this show? The waiter was a complete douchebag. Because let me tell you something, Ian. Money talks and bullshit walks. I dare you to find another podcast where we spend hours trying to make a waiter look foolish. Handsome guy, and you know the plans he's making. His only expertise is making a fuss of everything he sees. Just in the City. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Just Cow in the City. February 21, 2023. Hello. Nice to see everybody. I hope everybody had a pleasant Valentine's Day. I actually had a very pleasant Valentine's Day. If you watched the Tuesday show, we had a lovely guest as uh, my friend Jasmine was on. Very beautiful, talking about love and lust and beauty and romance and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it was fun to have a guest on the show, especially a girl on Valentine's Day. And of course, you were there, if you were watching, when I made the decision, I am only going to interview hot girls from now on. That's, I'm going to pull a Craig Kilborn, what he used to do, and just have hot girls on to interview all the time when I'm in the studio on the Tuesday show and the best part of that story is that I made that uh, what do you say accusation or <laughs> whatever it is because it could be considered both ways uh, <laughs> the next week my or tonight my guest is Danny Vermont <laughs> His son, he's got long hair like a girl but he is not a girl he is uh, my friend and a writer for uh, the real time with Bill Maher and he emailed me and said he's going to be in town. I said, why don't you come to the show? I mean, if on that show we show slides and we comment on what's in the news, then he is the perfect guest. So I say to myself, what's better for the show, for the Comedy Cellar show, although it is fun interviewing a very pretty girl and talking nonsense, the fact of the matter is the best move is to have Danny Vermont on. And that'll be a super fun show as well. And the week after that, we are going to have, I got it all together, our good friend Guillermo Salazar, Memo, and little Scotty Gorenstein, Liza Minnelli's publicist. And, of course, make our Oscar picks two weeks before the Oscars because we could do it the week before, you know, the Tuesday before the Sunday But since we're in studio, let's have everybody live and have a good time. Because I'm not going to lie to you, I had a great time interviewing Jasmine. I mean, who's Jasmine? You know what I'm saying? I mean, she's like nobody. I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just saying she's not that big a deal. She doesn't do these kind of things. She's a lawyer. I just enjoyed, I realized, having people in the studio again and talking to them. I've done two years of just either podcast or stuff by myself. I mean, I know we have Mike, but Mike never wants to put himself on camera. So we just... You know, at least I have somebody to bounce it off, but it was fun talking to somebody like when I have my sister and Billy in there. So it's just, I think what the thing was, I was never sure whether the guest that everything was sure that we'd get that space. Now it seems like it's more consistent when Mike is in town. We have the space unless we hear otherwise. So maybe getting guests for the show will be a little bit more consistent. It sure is fun and it mixes things up and we still always have our old way of going back to is in Texas to do it virtually so everything is good with the world and I will tell you let's just we'll just start there today on Tuesday since we're talking about it after I finished the show I went down to the cellar because I was looking to talk to Liz because I want to get my monthly my new monthly show going which I think I told you about just at the end of last week's show or two weeks ago which will be a version of make me laugh but again I'll tell you more about that when everything is set in stone but, uh, yeah, I was looking for her, but she never showed up, and I was just kind of hanging around. And then I knew Rachel was going to be around because I knew she had told me, because I wanted her to be on the show, and I knew she had told me she was going to be there, and she's like, oh, I didn't, I, I there was a mistake. I wasn't supposed to put my avails in because it was Valentine's Day, and me and Pete wanted to do something, her husband. But she came in, and Pete came in, so it was wonderful that I got to see them both. And then everybody came in. You know, I was just waiting for people to come in. Then I saw Nick Griffin, of course, and... Uh, and Rachel and and her boyfriend, her husband, and then they sat down, so I sat down with them, and Pete was eating a steak, and I go, well, I guess my, I, I don't know, what I didn't think, I, I didn't have any plans, so I'm like, uh, well, maybe I'll just, this will be my plans, I'll have dinner here, and I always get confused with having dinner now, unless something's scheduled, because, you know, I eat at work, so I don't really need dinner, but that steak looked delicious, and ironically, of course, as usual, I had steak for lunch because that's what they served at the cafeteria that day. So hilarious. But I walked it off pretty much because I walked to the Comedy Cellar and then I walked home. I definitely walked the full six miles that night with a little break in between. No alcohol. I had ginger ale before, that's right. Well, I was supposed to have drinks with Jasmine before, but she was late. Anyway, so I said, I ordered the steak and I said to myself, well, hopefully I'll be on the comic's thing where everything's half-priced you know i'm never sure because i don't know whether the staff knows me anymore because i've not been there in a long time but uh they did thank goodness at the end but so i'm sitting there and i'm waiting and they're trying to get a home uh, rachel and and pete and so they're finishing and then phil hanley sits down and he gets he gets a bowl of chili and that comes instantly for some reason i'm still waiting for my food and by the time my food got there everybody left so i was kind of stuck there like an idiot Uh, eating the food but it was okay i mean they stayed for a little bit and i was kind of rushing because i didn't want to be there eating by myself but it was in a nice contained area where it didn't matter and nobody cares people do that all the time there so it really doesn't matter i i just get in i don't like to eat by myself there you know the only place i eat by myself is the diner down the street which i didn't go for today well wait i'll just tell you that in a sec well actually there's nothing more to tell the, the check came, and I said, uh, c- you know, can you let them know that I'm a comic? I felt like an idiot, but you go, oh, no. And, uh, I said, my name's Dave Jessica. I mean, oh, everybody knows who you are. And so anyway, the important thing was to get the half off, because even though maybe I could have afforded it, some, you know, you just, I, I, I want to feel like I belong at the Comedy Cellar. So a $35 bill became a $17 bill, and that is a big difference, mind you, a big difference. And you feel great about it, especially somebody like me who doesn't, Technically, work there, even though I do. I should be on it because I do the show for them on Tuesday. That's what me and Steve were realizing, Outside Steve. He goes, well, you should because you're doing the show. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I forget about that all the time. So, yes, I deserve the comedian discount, which is a, a lifetime of, of coming, of uh, 40 years in show business. My I'm coming up on my 40, 40th year of doing stand-up comedy, and that would be in quotations, of the first time I went on was August of 1983. My first time on stage, August, in Brooklyn of 1983. The songs playing on the radio then, as I took my Mercury Montego to Pips in Brooklyn over the Varrazano Bridge, were Maniac from Flashdance and I'm Still Standing from Elton John. I remember those two songs. I said, if those play on the radio on my way there, I'm going to have a great set. Uh, Let's just say that uh, it was a nice thought. But you know, the important thing is, (laughs) well, that was a special romantic time in my comedy career as I remember it extremely fondly and really interestingly. And I will tell you more about that as the 40th year draws closer. Again. I got a taste of love in a way. and if you need to know well, I'm still standing you just fade away. Don't you know I'm still standing? Well, So I what I wanted to tell you is that you know I keep eating at the office and then I eat and I try not to eat, but this morning, I oh, so well, I'm I'm gonna mix up the whole week, okay? So Sunday was the Super Bowl. and I swear I don't think I, I feel like this Super Bowl was different. Like, we know everybody watched it, but there wasn't any, like, buzz leading up to the Super Bowl. And it was a pretty big deal that the Eagles were in it being a a team. But, of course, Kansas City, which is Kansas City, but it's Patrick Mahomes, so they're becoming a little bit of a dynasty. But there was no buzz. It just didn't seem like anybody cared. With that week in between the championships and football, it seems like people just forget that football still exists. And then there's just that one big day, and then it's just so over. But it just didn't feel like there was any buildup. But maybe that's because we live in New York and none of our teams were in it or something. But, God, for so many years, I just remember thinking about it for the week. I forgot it was, oh, right, this Sunday, maybe because I was working. I don't know what it was. But, God, I can remember in the 90s, I can totally remember the 90s being in the shower and being so excited. I was going down to Caliban, the bar that uh, me and Vincent, you know, co-owned at the end. And Vincent worked since the 60s or 70s with all those stories he has. Uh, Going down there being so excited because we always had plans. I'd get down there at like 3 o'clock for the coverage, being so ready. Everybody I knew, we all go down there. Sometimes we ordered ribs from Florida. They were FedExed up. Sometimes we had lobsters. We always had a special thing. And we're just watching on a TV set over the refrigerator. I mean, When you think about the big screens and everything they have now, it's so funny. You just feel so old. You're just watching this stupid set that... You know, I had a couple of channels. <laughs> I mean, it's really embarrassing. Boy, it was super fun, and those were the good old days, and then ever since that bar closed, nothing has really been the same. And I've been, as I said, and kind of enjoying just watching it at my house the way I did all season, mostly, I guess, because I worked. But I guess I just don't, you know, besides tailgating, I don't like drinking on Sundays, and really, the tailgating, drinking on Sundays during the day just doesn't work for me. I do it, but i I don't love it, and it depresses me later on, so I was happy this year to just kind of watch everything at home, especially just the, the key to everything where my life has changed with football and gambling and that kind of stuff is to just go big and, and and in in the sense of watching and getting into and maybe gambling from the one the one o'clock games and then just live your life after that, and that was that's the difference. In my life, where I was just, I couldn't, once football was on, I couldn't do that. But then I try and go out. Even though I'm working now, it's different, but I would always try and make plans for five o'clock on a Sunday so it would get me out of the house. But now I don't care so much because I worked during the day. So then I'm like, well, then, you know, what's the big deal if I stay in? It doesn't matter. I'm just glad football's over for the season. It uh, clears my mind that I have Sundays free again and I can do whatever I want. So it's a good time of the year. But I can't deny football rules it's just the way it is i do love it everyone loves it that super bowl was stupid i mean it was good but that ending was stupid so i was like i wasn't planning anything i wasn't doing anything and i just i didn't want to pick a team you know uh i just didn't trust it even though i would have bet the eagles for sure so i'm glad i didn't i just picked who would score a couple of touchdowns and some of the points and that all actually worked out which was delightful so i wasn't in a horrible mood or anything but I'm like, well, what am I going to do? I got to do something. I got to order something. You know, I got I to make something. I don't know. And then I was like, well, you know, I usually cook on Saturdays and Sundays for the Saturdays and Sunday, But I'm like, well, I don't want to have leftovers for the Super Bowl. I got to plan something. So I just decided on, was it yeah Sunday morning, I'm going to go to the grocery store and just, I'm going to make nachos for myself. And I'm just going to get the nachos ingredients. And I was very embarrassed because I was like, ugh, I'm going to the grocery store and I'm picking up. You know, chips and salsa—it's the most obvious thing. I wish I had done that a couple days before. It's just—they're first of all, they're probably going to be sold out of everything, and secondly, oh my, when I go to the count, the cash register—like anybody gives a shit—they're they're going to care what I'm getting. They, you know, it's going to be so. Oh, watching the Super Bowl, Because right, remember, once in a while, that does happen. I mean, my worst fears where they're oh, we, I see you're making tacos tonight. I'm like, shut up. You know, I just want to be in there like a ghost. I mean, I want to be wearing a hoodie, but you know how I feel about those things because those people are up to something and i just want to be left alone and i don't want them to know what i'm doing even though they know what i'm doing but everybody always comments on my groceries i did buy i went to the store and i went while i was working which was even more brilliant i was like on the i'm like oh i'm going down for coffee and i'm going to the grocery store it's gone for like 20 minutes i came back i'm like oh the time got away from me <laughs> it was really and i'm like why bother i mean there's nothing is happening no one cares the girl i work with couldn't care less but there's nothing better than actually going grocery shopping while I'm on the clock working. I mean, that is really, I'm, I'm, oh, and I'm telling you this week, I reached for the sun, and I'll tell you that in a second. So I get the nachos. I get I get the, the chips. I get salsa, uh, cheese, obviously, uh, lettuce, tomato. I forgot the sour cream. I'm still angry at myself. And I bought that, you know, Hormel chili, and a can of chili. And, and that's it. I just got that. So I had it and I I put it, it was just really simple, right? I just, I didn't look for any recipes or anything. I was just like, here's what I'm going to do. And so when I finished work at four o'clock, normally on Sundays, I kind of like to get going and just start eating dinner like 4.30 or 5. And this time I had to wait. I'm like, well, yeah, I guess I don't want to. Eat before the Super Bowl, and then I'm thinking like, if I was at somebody's house, we'd probably eat before the Super Bowl. Like, they always put the food out at six o'clock. Super Bowl starts at six thirty, but you're eating and you're pretty much finished by the time the Super Bowl starts. But I'm like, no, I want to do it while I'm watching. I'm by myself, so I want to have something to eat. So I did time it good, I guess. It was just like, but I think that that pregame just goes so long, and then it was because I was so like six thirty, six thirty, and then it doesn't start till six forty, and I'm like, I'm almost finished. So I put, so I had the bag of nachos. I was just shoving it all out. I didn't know what I was doing. I uh, want to get scallions too, right? Yeah, I don't know why. I felt like that was a good uh, topping. And I want to put it on a plate because I'm like, no, I want to make nachos, you know? So I put it in a, like a, a, like a, a, a baking dish, a baking dish, a small baking dish that you'd make brownies in or something. I'm like, brilliant. I'm a genius. This is perfect. And I covered it with nachos and the chili. And the cheese. I, I I guess I had it ready to go. And then at 6 30, right, this must have happened. At six thirty, I was like, I'll put it in the microwave now, and then I'll top it with the cold stuff. And then I realized, well, how the hell am I gonna put this baking dish into the microwave? Not only doesn't it fit, but it's metal. I have completely fucked this all up and everything's already on it. I can't replace it like the chilies all over the place. There's no way I can do it. I'm like I now have to put this in the oven. I have no choice but to put it in the oven. So I looked up how long can you put nachos in the oven? Of course you can. They must have made nachos before microwaves, although I don't remember them. It's kind of like sushi. When did sushi appear? Talking about sushi and nachos is making me sick. Um, however, you know I've done it. So I, you know, then you have to. So I'm like, ah, I had this time perfectly. So then you got to preheat the oven. And then you got to put it. In, they said like fifteen, twenty minutes, which was surprising. So now I'm you know, now the thing I, I totally mistimed it, but I didn't time it that bad. We still have the whole half, but it was funny because I was ready to eat it at 4.30. now it's seven. Uh, so I also bought shrimp, which also could make anybody sound sick because I got some shrimp cocktail and ate that. Oh my god, that's right. And I got then I bought frozen baked stuffed clams and I made those. You know, now that I'm saying it now, I am getting sick. I mean, who eats that? But it was a Super Bowl, and you just shovel it all in, I guess. I don't know. It was all delicious. (laughs) I don't know why. I went past the frozen foods, and I'm like, oh, you know what? I'll get this, too. And I'll just have a little bit of everything. So I ate those while those were baking in the oven. So then I had some time in between. And then I'm like, well, now I'm just going to be full. and These nachos are going to be stupid. But I took them out of the oven and topped them. They look delicious. I got a picture of them on the bonus show. They don't look as good as they taste they tasted great but they you know i think i I mean i I think it did a good job i totally took a picture of it for you guys to see and then i just ate those stupid things probably ate like half of it and then i was done and then i'm like well i guess i'll just watch the super bowl by myself it was really weird but not weird too it was uh it was just like any other game to me and that's what made it kind of cool i guess sooner or later i'll do something again but It is funny. Just I just don't care. And but years ago, I couldn't fathom watching the Super Bowl by myself. That would be like staying home on New Year's. I would want to put a a, you know a a knife to my wrists. That would be horrible. And this time, I just don't. I didn't care. And it was fun. And it was fine. And then I had some dessert. I think I what did I buy? Some cookies. I don't know. Some milk. (laughs) It was delightful. And then, I mean, let's face it. The game was fun, except for the ending, where uh, that was kind of a bummer. But it was fine. And then uh went to work. as that the whole thing never happened. Eh. Eh. What are you going to do? Oh, and the best is my friend Lee Maracas, who hates me now, but we're you know trying to work it out, and all my fault, for years. Now I'm talking about maybe, it's got to be over 40 years. No, about 40 years since I started my comedy career. Uh, no, but even before that, he was doing it to Lawrence. Every year, he would call us at halftime in the Super Bowl. He called Lawrence first. Now he calls me because well, Lawrence was away. Uh, so I got, the, I got the call this year, and it was such a privilege and honor. Every year since the late 70s, early 80s, he has called Lawrence Lerman. Uh, Lee Maracas has called Lawrence at the halftime and always said, well, listen, I got to get back to the coverage. And it's always been a joke. Like, I think he probably did it for real first, but then Lawrence pointed out that he kept saying it every year and it was really funny. So now he just calls as a complete tradition to say, I got to get back to the coverage. So I wasn't picking up anybody's calls during the Super Bowl. If you're texting or calling me during the Super Bowl, uh, besides uh, stuff, because, you know, I'm all in it to win it, then you're kind of an asshole. But I was laughing so hard when he called me at the half because I knew it was coming. I was just like, hello. And he's like, and he, and he starts it off like, oh, uh, yeah, just, I just uh, dropped uh, my daughters off. Uh, everything's good. It's a good game, huh? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, well, listen, I got to get back to the coverage. <laughs> like, I don't know why. It's funny every time because he's really funny. And he was finding a new creative way. To, <laughs> he sets it up, and we, we, I know what he's going to say. And it's funny every goddamn year. Now, in this meantime, if you can believe this, I don't know, maybe maybe before, was it before? Yeah, maybe it was like 3 o'clock. Esther Koo calls. She's like, hey, I'm coming to New York. What are you doing tonight? And I'm like, what, what is this, a joke? This was on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, I'm coming to town, and I'm, I, I do want to see Esther. But I'm like, what are you fucking kidding me? She's so, like, yeah, what are you up to tonight? And I'm like, I'm, I'm watching the Super Bowl. What the, f- what? She's so, like, yeah, I'm going to be in town, so uh, maybe we can hang out. I'm like, yeah, well, not tonight. What? It's like, why do I got to explain this to women? Yeah, and I'm saying women, because I don't know if you remember, but I'm pretty sure I was doing, I don't remember if I had the pockets at this time. Has it been over eight years? I don't know if you remember, and I don't know whether I told, I'm pretty sure I told you, I'm positive I mentioned this on a very old podcast. Years ago, I don't remember how many years ago. It's got to be, be between, if it's not eight, then it's seven or nine. This girl, I wonder, did we have, we might have uh, fooled around the night before the Super Bowl. Yes, I think so. And we went out and we had a nice time and uh, we had a lovely day. Uh, the night before the Super Bowl. And then uh, I said, I'll, I'll see you later. I'm. Is that the, yeah, I think that's the case. Either it was that or Friday or Saturday. And then she, you know, went home uh, the next morning and, and everything was fine. And then she calls me during the Super Bowl and says, like, can we talk? And I'm like, uh, huh? And she's like, yeah, listen, um, you know, I'm really, uh, I'm really feeling close to you. And I really, I'm like, it's Super Bowl Sunday. And it's like, yeah, listen, I wrote you a poem and I want to, to, to read it to you. And I'm like, it's, listen. Okay. And then that, and that I say to myself and I say to you girls and guys, I mean, that's – that's not me being. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? That is not being mean. If somebody wants to talk about a relationship or something, any I'm good. I'm like, yeah, let's talk, let's talk Monday. But don't don't even call on Sunday and say you want to have the talk and schedule a time on Super Bowl Sunday, I'm saying. I'm not saying anything about the next night after the whatever's happened the day before or whatever. But I mean, every person knows. Or let's just say every woman knows you don't. Why would you call a man on Super Bowl Sunday and say I want to talk about feelings? So I never felt guilty or bad about saying Are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> like because you know you want to be compassionate. I don't know what she's going through. I don't know what she's going to say. I guess feelings were extended. She wants to talk about it. Fine, but not on Super Bowl Sunday. I can't imagine there's a woman listening to this podcast would be like, Yeah, that girl's an asshole for for anybody I mean not just a boy but certain, but definitely a boy a boy who clearly loves football but she doesn't know that what, what kind of feelings what kind of relationships could we possibly have and and we and we've known each other for 15 years could she not think this was a a good goddamn plan I've never all the guilt I feel in my life that I do over the years and the the people I've heard or Or the people I felt like I've hurt that I could have taken back. Things that I have to, I've told you i got to close my eyes and just say like, stop it. Let's just move on. These guilt feelings I have, I have not one bit of guilt for that particular day. Let alone, I'm pretty sure I told you because I had the poem. It's the worst poem ever written. So, but I have no guilt about that day. That girl was wrong and out of line. So when Esther, who is my friend, who I like very much, who doesn't come to town very often, says she's coming to town and wants to hang out on Super Bowl Sunday, I say, fuck you. There's just no other response to, you cannot feel bad. Do I feel like I'm missing out on something? No. I don't care. I don't, it doesn't matter. I mean, whatever she wants to have planned or whatever, it's just like, come on, man. I, you know, I went to the store, I made nachos, and <laughs> obviously all these plans could be changed. <laughs> I had no plans, clearly. But seriously, what am I supposed to do? Hang out with her and pretend the game isn't going on? You know what I mean? This is not normal. And it's not cool for, to not know what this American holiday is about. It, it, it would be like calling somebody on Thanksgiving. So what are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you know, just celebrate. I mean, I've had these plans. What my plans for Thanksgiving? I'm going to sit home and I'm going to eat. All right, yes, I've been going to my sister's, right? But let's just say I had no plans. So I decided, uh, you know, I just made my own, like I made a TV dinner. I had it all planned. I mean, we call on Thanksgiving Day to tell me you want to hang out. I mean, why didn't you tell me this a week ago? We could have planned something. And, you know, me, I ain't that cool. I can't just be like, hey, come over. It'll be great. I love last-minute stuff. No, I'm not going to feel bad about that. She was here for a fashion show. She was going to be in a fashion show. And then I'm like, well, maybe I got to rethink this. I mean, that's kind of hot. Uh, so then I said, well, can't we do this tomorrow? So she's like, yeah, I guess I'm doing the fashion show tomorrow. I'm like, well, I'll meet you after. I'll meet you before. I, I, I mean, I get out of work at 4 o'clock. I can do whatever. And then I never heard from her again. It's not her fault. I knew she was going to be really busy but I left Monday open just in case, and then she went home. And then what are you going to do? But seriously, you call a boy, a a technical man. I'm I'm doing the air quotes again (laughs) on Super Bowl Sunday. I'm not sure what the reaction you're expecting to have is. Do you know what I'm saying? And I know, as, as sexist as this horribly sounds, I'm pretty sure most of you ladies out there are saying, yeah, who doesn't know that? I mean, I know Marcy gets it. She lives in middle America. No no woman in middle America is going to do it. I can see doing that on the East Coast, New York or L.A. People just don't get it. They don't care about the Super Bowl as much here maybe. But no, in middle America, there's not one woman that's not going to get that. Please. Oh, glad I got that off my chest. Meanwhile... I you know I made these nachos and so then I had all the ingredients kind of left over for another set of nachos so I guess I went out Tuesday I went out Wednesday I went out Thursday and today is Friday I'm taping on Friday this is coming out on Tuesday February 21st I woke up this morning and I made the rest of the nachos because I have a problem like that I mean what am I do? would I have ever made nachos for breakfast if I didn't have them I knew that I was eating out tonight i Saturday I wanted to cook something new I I mean it it, it would no but then I was like it's like eight o'clock in the morning I'm like well that'll be fun and then I can get my eating out for the day before I go to you know dinner tonight so yeah I made the nachos this morning I'm all nachoed up and ready to go it wasn't that bad they're not feeling bad in my stomach I thought maybe it'd be bad they were kind of delicious I just ate them in the kitchen while I was watching uh, Silver Linings Playbook again my favorite scene where they're actually at the Eagles game and that uh, scene where, uh, where, where Robert DeDio goes, hey, you know, I got to rethink this. I got to rethink this. So it was on cable, so I just put it on. And it was a, a pleasant morning. In fact, then, I instead of turning on the TV afterwards, I finished my book, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo <laughs> from the Girls Book Club again. But that's two books in uh, one or two months. That's, that's something else for me exciting i only had a couple chapters i'm like let me, let me finish the book now why am i turning on the tv what's the matter with me why am i doing that let's finish the book let's do some reading and i said to myself man let's remember this date this is a life-changing day i'm gonna read instead of turning on the tv what i had nachos for breakfast boy it's anything can happen day what an exciting day it is no Let's just remember the recording of this podcast and what happens after. The repercussions of Anything Can Happen Day, nachos for breakfast, finishing a book. I can't handle it. I tell you, I can't take it. I tell you, Nikki, it's rough. It's rough. Meanwhile, so what I was going to say on uh, Monday, this is so crazy. There was a Seinfeld episode where George was dating this girl, and he's, I think he's eating in bed. And he, there were three things he was doing, and he was doing, and then he said, "Boy, I'll tell you, if I could watch TV while I'm having sex with this girl, that'll really be the hat trick." He does it, and then of course he gets busted while he's watching TV. He's eating a corned beef sandwich and he's watching TV, and he gets busted. He goes, "I, I, I, I flew too close to the sun, Jerry." He got too greedy. So has the uh, fornicating gourmet <laughs> doing quite well, thank you. Yesterday, I had a soft-boiled egg and a quickie. (laughs) You know what? If I could add TV to the equation, that would really be the ultimate. George, we're trying to have a civilization here. (laughs) Oh, spicy mustard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you are hot tonight. (laughs) Oh, George. Now for the trifecta. (laughs) Uh, George, what are you doing? Pleasuring you. (laughs) So the free love buffet is over. I got greedy. I flew too close to the sun on wings of pastrami. Yeah, that's what you did. (laughs) Well, I tried this at my office. God, I hope nobody's listening. And it's funny. I told them, where can I hear your podcast? "Oh, Oh, don't listen to that podcast. Well, you know, I'm, I'm alone on Monday, so I'm like, you know what? I think I'll bring my, my own computer to work Monday. Maybe I can edit some of the podcasts, really get some serious work done, you know, because I get my own personal work done at work all the time. So I did it, and I, I did it, and I'm like, this is hilarious. I don't know. You know, I just got some editing of the podcast, done, which I usually spend for Saturdays and Sundays. I'm like, well, why don't I just do it on Monday? No one's there. I don't even have to use headphones. And, I, and it was just like, I'm, I'm going to get busted. I flew too close to the sun. I almost made it. I was at perfection. But I did make it now. But I'm sure I'll get busted soon. Although on what, I don't really even know. Nobody seems to care. Again, as long as the work gets done, what's the difference? I'm sitting there in a room all by myself. There's nobody there. Nobody comes in to even check on me. I mean, what, uh, what are you going to do? What am, I, what am I doing? So meanwhile, I get this. There's two things. And you... Tell me what you think about this. This is another girl thing, right? You ladies, you and guys, you you judge and tell me if I'm crazy. First of all, on Friday, well, on Friday we found out that the tickets we got, my sister and I got for Leah Michelle and Funny Girl, uh, they I sent me while I was at the diner Friday. They sent me. Oh, maybe maybe I told you about this already because I must have taped after I went to the diner. They sent me a thing saying she's not in the show. Like, she is not going to be in the show the tickets we already spent $800 for. So uh, they refunded our money. And, of course, they, we weren't even worried that they would. It was just annoying because they're trying to promote, you know, this new girl. I feel like I told you this last week, but I, I'm not sure. Meanwhile, it was just annoying seeing a picture of this idiot that no one wants to see. Uh, I feel bad for her, but, you know, they're trying to tell us, No, your $800 would be great for this person nobody knows. Screw you. So we got our money back. Now we're going to find another time. It's really annoying. But at least we got, you know, two months notice. So that's good. Anyway, my friend Chloe at work tonight was supposed to. She asked, she said, hey, my sister's coming to town. I want to take her to see Book of Mormon and I'd like you to come with us. And I'm like, really? She's like, yeah, I want to get you a ticket. I want to get you a ticket so you can come with me and my sister to see Book of Mormon. I'm like, that's. I would love to do that. Thank you. That's very sweet. I mean, you sure you want me to come? I mean, don't you guys want to just do sisterly stuff? She's coming all the way from Phoenix. Said, no, I, I told her about you, and I really think she wants to meet you, and I, I think we have a good time. I'm like, yeah, well, that, that's very nice of you. I'd, I'd love to do that. She keeps sending me texts. Save the date. Friday, the 17th. Friday, the 17th. That's today, the day I'm taping. Friday, the 17th. I'm like, yeah. Anyway, on Monday, I go to work, and she goes, oh. I said, oh, what's up for Friday? And she goes, oh, um, my sister bought two tickets, and they're for Sunday at 2 o'clock. And I'm like, but I work on Sunday. Wait, did you say she bought two tickets? Yeah. And I'm like, well, what the? What? I don't understand. And first of all, I work on Sunday. She goes, yeah, I told her that. I'm like, well, you- so she didn't want me to come. Did she even know I was? What's going on here? And so she goes, well, she just took initiative and bought tickets i'm like but only two didn't you tell her I, did you did she not want me to go i mean i i didn't care but it, what what's going what is this it's like oh, i don't know she didn't know me i guess i told her a couple months ago you were coming and uh then she forgot and i'm like well that fucking sucks and then got it for sunday until she goes yeah she said seven o'clock was too late for her and i'm like too late for her but the whole thing was am- i'm like i don't understand what the fuck you yeah. me to go, you tell me, it's, I was felt weird going with your sisters anyway, and then clearly she didn't even want me to come. And so she starts to cry. You know, Chloe starts to cry. And she's like, no, but we can work this out. I can get you a ticket. I'm like, what What the fuck are you talking about? You're going to get me a ticket? I'm going to sit on my own? You're buying me a ticket? I mean, I don't even want you to buy me a ticket, but you're going to buy me a ticket? I'm going to sit somewhere else? No, we'll get it close to her. I'm like, what are you fucking talking about? Are you kidding I thought I was going because you told your sister about him. She's like, I'd like to meet him. Now you make me feel like a piece of shit. And she starts to cry like it's like it's, it, like it's my fault, but it's not my fault. I mean, yeah, could I have handled it better? I guess. It was just so weird. She asked me to go, and then she's pretty much taken it back. I don't even care. I don't, you know, I don't like going out on Friday nights anyway. I was like, well, it was so kind of her to ask, and she wants to include me in her family thing. And I'm like, I don't understand. And then she left. She walked out. And, uh, you know, we haven't really spoken since because I, I didn't know what to say. It was so embarrassing. Like, not only didn't her sister buy me a ticket, which I, I don't want them to buy me a ticket anyway. But it was nice. They were going to offer her. I guess she knew I wasn't going to go if I had to buy my own ticket since I've already seen the Book of Mormon. She just bought tickets for two and on a different day. And, and I was like, well, did you tell her? But I told Dave we were going on Friday. I mean, like, and when were you going to tell me? Like, if I hadn't bought this up today, when were you going to tell me? She's like, well, I should have called you over the week. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm done with you. It really made me feel like a piece of shit. Like, her sister was like, why? And, and, and why wouldn't I? I? I would be like furious if somebody bought me. I was like, what were you going to do? Surprise her? Hey, I bought my friend Dave. Wh- who? It's it, none of it makes sense. I don't know what what I don't know why it was coming anyway. I thought her sister had maybe said, Oh, I'd like to meet your friend Dave, and clearly I was not I mean, who does that? That's weird, right? I, I don't think I'm off on this. I mean, I'm off on maybe the way I handled it, maybe, but I was like, but here's the other thing. Sarah Silverman is in town this week. She is the host of the daily show. She is the guest host of The Daily Show this week. She is in town. She said, she said I know you know I'm in town because she saw Rory. And I'm like, that's right. You can get away with nothing. I'm always going to find out. Nice try. She goes, no, you know I've been busy. And I don't worry if she doesn't call me when she's in town because I know when she doesn't call me, she is incredibly busy. I also know she goes to bed early, so she looks good when she's, you know, do whatever. So that doesn't bother me anymore. It definitely used to, and now I totally get it. I understand. And, and, you know, for me, I'm just like, I was worried. I knew she was coming to town. I'm like, ah, oh, crap. Now I got I to gotta change my my plans from, you know, sitting at home and reading or, or making breakfast nachos. Uh, so it's so ridiculous. Anyway, she said, well, maybe we can have a friend's. I'm thinking of putting a friend's dinner together, you know, Friday or and so or Thursday or Friday. And I said, well, I can't go Friday because I'm going to see Book of Mormon with my friend Chloe. So that's, I think, what really pissed me off, okay? So then I found out Tuesday like, hey, we're going to do it, Friends, on Thursday. I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't do Thursday because I teach on Thursdays. There's no way I can do that. And so then I said, but I am free Friday, as it turns out. So they moved, and I don't even know who's coming tonight. They moved this thing for me and and, and moved it twice because I thought, I was doing something on this Friday and she didn't, which I could have of course told them if she had told me earlier Dave you're out you know if she had pulled a Tom an Al Pacino to Tom Hagen, Tom sorry Tom you're out Mike why am I out, you're out Tom Mike uh, why am I out you're not a wartime consigliere Tom things may get rough with the move we're trying I advise Michael. I never thought you were a bad counsel I thought Santino was a bad don. Rest in peace. Michael has all my confidence, as as you do. But uh, there are reasons why he must have no part in what is going to happen. Maybe I could help. You're out, Tom. If Chloe had just done that, and that was, so that's why I was like, do you know what? I just canceled this big thing because you told me we were going to do this. So why wouldn't that make anybody upset? I made them cancel. I made them cancel again. So now, of course, I look like a dick in this scenario, but she rearranged the party for me, which is a big deal. And again, I don't know who is even coming, but it sounds like it's a, she's putting something together. I don't even know why, maybe just to celebrate you know, the uh, big week of uh, doing the, the Daily Show, right? So I think they wanted to do it yesterday because that was the last day, but they switched it for me because I teach on Thursdays, which was very nice. So again, let me know. Am I off on this, the way I handled it? Yes, but you know, once she told me that, I was thinking of the Sarah thing, and that's what triggered me. I didn't yell at her, but I really was like, what the fuck? I was furious. I, I, that's weird, right? The whole thing is weird. Why did she want me to come? I've never met her sister. Why would? Don't you want to just spend time with your sister? She's coming to New York to see. I didn't know her sister was bringing her kid. I don't know why this family all has kids at the age of like twenty. Uh, I can't. Figure, I feel like they're Mormons or something, which is why we're going to see Book of War. I don't know what their story is, but they. All, and then she's like, "It's bringing her kid." Well, you didn't say she's bringing it, not to the show, but I'm like, why aren't you bringing your husband? I, what is happening? So that just really pissed me off. And I want to say I got over it, but I didn't. But then when I went home on Monday, uh, my karma caught up with me and I got hit by a car when I was riding the bike. I know. Uh, why wouldn't you lead with that? Well, it's one of those things. When I'm riding a bike, I almost get hit by cars all the time. The odds of getting hit by one were pretty good. And I always know I'm going to hit a car at some point. So uh, this was on 34th and 1st. And I had the right-of-way, the bikes, and then also there was a right-of-way left turn signal. It's like nobody's really at fault except that the person making the left has to make an impossible look to see if the bikes are coming. And she was making a left. This this van, uh, I think a city driver of some sort, was making a left and I think was mad at me that I bumped into her car. You know, But I knew she might have turned, so I was kind of ready to hit the brakes. I'm always ready that somebody's not going to see me. Of course, if you're prepared, you're not going to get into a serious accident. I don't wear a helmet. And And then this guy behind me goes to the cop, goes, you're supposed to be helping. You are useless. But I didn't yell at the cop at all. I just looked at him, and I'm like, hey, that was fucked up. And he's like, yeah, you shouldn't be riding a bike. You're too old. That was the look he gave me. I don't know. Like, I was at fault, but I wasn't. The bikes have the right-of-way, but unfortunately, so does the left-hand turn signal, right? What the fuck is that? That's like the worst traffic light ever. Everyone has the right-of-way, so no one's at fault. It's really weird. So it was funny. I totally got hit by a car right right into my shoulder. I skid on the bike, went into the shoulder, almost went under the car, but then, then I just rode home. This guy was like, are you all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. It's like the whole thing never happened. It's like, and that's what's so fucked up. It, you know, there's a, a movie with Paul Rudd that uh, David Wayne directed, Paul Rudd and Jennifer Aniston, where he's walking through the city talking to the phone, he gets hit by a car, and then he just gets up and walks away. You know, it goes on with his life. I think it happens all the time unless you are really sitting on the ground just writhing in pain. You you just get up and be like, I'm, I I expect to be hit by a car at some point. It's just too easy. And believe me, riding that bike home there's so many accidents waiting to happen it's not just cars it's pedestrians they walk right in the bike path they're just not paying attention you just always got to be on the lookout for trouble let alone the other bikers and the motorcycles that are in the path it's a disaster waiting to happen for everybody i can't believe there aren't more accidents of course there probably are and we probably just don't know about them so it's pretty goddamn annoying bozo no B-O-Z-O Sorry You've never heard of Bozo the Clown? No How could you not know who Bozo the Clown is? I don't know, I just don't How can you call yourself a clown and not know who Bozo is? (laughs) Hey man, what are you hassling me for? This is just a gig, it's not my life I don't know who Bozo is What, is he a clown? Is he a clown? What, are you kidding me? Well, what is he? Yes, he's a clown. All right, so what's the big deal? There's millions of clowns. (laughs) All right, just forget it. Forget For You should forget it. You're living in the past, man. You hung up on some clown from the 60s, man. Um, Very good, very good. All right, go fold your little balloon animals, Eric. Eric. (laughs) What kind of name is that for a clown, huh? So let me tell you what happened on Friday. I'm going back and forth and back and forth just for no reason. On Friday, as you know, and, of course, I have to leave again this Friday, which, you know, I hate. All I just want to do is stay at home on Fridays, but I keep having plans. Oh, 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 poor me. So last Friday, my friend Lauren from college said she was going to be in town. And then my friend Glenn said he was going to be in town. You know who I usually see on Thursdays. And then this other guy said he was going to be in town. I'm like, all right, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to the cellar. I'm going to look for Liz. So I can do this, right? I hit two person, one, so on. Then I'm going to go to my bar and just hang out there. And I'll just tell everybody to meet me there. That's my favorite thing. I'll just go to that bar and everybody can come by if they want. I'll be out. That way I'm not dissing anybody over. I'm not not meeting anybody. And they can all come to this bar. So I go down to the cellar. And because I'm early, I don't know what time. I guess I am said I'm going to be there at 7, but I'm at the cellar at 6. I can't remember the timing. Maybe it was 7. And uh, my friend Lauren went to the bar. Like, I never made it. I never made it out of the cellar. You know, that's the problem. I stop in, uh, in SD and Esty and Judd Apatow are there. So I see Judd, and I, we hug each other, which is delightful. And then I'm talk, talking to Esty, you know, who the, the booker of the room, and I tell her that I'm doing the Clueless uh, class, that I'm teaching uh, the class on Clueless. And she calls up. She goes, Judd, Judd come over here, you have to hear this, tell him what you're doing, and I'm like, oh, I'm teaching a class on the movie Clueless, he goes, oh, guy, that's so good, I want to do that, at, not Clueless, but I want to teach at USC about film, but my daughter goes there, and she won't let me, and I'm like, oh, that's so funny, my nephew goes there, and I wouldn't let him take my class because the opposite way, so that was really awesome, you know, that, uh, you know, Jed Apatow well, remembers me for one, but then um, knows what I'm doing because then I think Outside Steve told me on Tuesday, he said, I was talking to Judd and he was like, oh my God, do you hear Jessica? I was teaching a class on Clueless. <laughs> so it was, that's way awesome, right? I mean, how does that not make you feel like a million bucks? So I go in and that girl, Lauren, I guess went to the bar, wasn't there and I'm like, oh, I'm at the cellar. So her and her son, which of course she didn't mention, she's like, oh, we're at this place. And I'm like, she doesn't mention she's bringing her son. I don't care. But I, I, I didn't know what was involved. She said she's coming to the town. She wants to see me. I don't know who we are. She hasn't mentioned. I'm going going to town with my son. I don't know how. Again, I don't know how you don't bring that up. I'm coming into town with my son. Why am say, Hey, I'm coming to town. I, I'd like to see. You. I, I, I don't know what that means. You, you give me a heads up. I'm coming to town with her son. I never met her son. Maybe he's an idiot. But he turned out he was really cool. And he brought his friend along. So they were happy because we were sitting at the cellar. And, of course, I knew everybody, so they, were, they loved it. Why wouldn't they? It was, it was awesome. Then we found out that his mom, Lauren, the, the girl I was uh, hanging out with, was dating a clown, like an actual clown. And then Natterman was sitting with, with us. And we're like, wait, you're dating a clown? But well, Then we found out I was dating. She's like, oh, this is mom's old boyfriend. But then we found out they are dating. She's dating a clown, an actual clown. That he makes a but he's like, no, but he's been a clown. He's been on Letterman. And so Natterman was like looking at the footage of him on Letterman. He's like, a, he's a clown. He's like, well, if he's going to be a clown, I mean, at least he's a, he's, a, he's a good clown. Like, you know, he's doing interesting stuff. You know, <laughs> it was really fun. I'm like, shut up, Dan. We're trying to make fun of her. This isn't helping. What are you saying? He's like the best clown that there is. What is he, Bozo? Bozo? I hope he knows who Bozo is. I mean, that's the one thing. If he doesn't know who Bozo is, he doesn't know who Bozo is. How could he not know who Bozo is? That's the only clown you want to be dating is Bozo. Hey, man, you're living in the 60s, man. So that was great. So then that's a total bonding experience for me and her son, just making fun of her mom, you know, dating a clown. What's better than that? It was really fun. We had a really good time. And, of course... Actually, she paid everything, so I was just like, oh, God, I hope I get the discount again. But uh, everything worked out fine. I had a really nice time. Liz never showed up, so I didn't get to talk. She goes, hey, Jessica, I'll talk to you. I can talk to you, but but it just never worked out. She's so busy. I'm just trying to solidify my new show. So then they had to leave, and I went over to my, I'm like, I'm just going to continue drinking. So I was drinking the vodka soda with the bitters, and they're going down easy, my new drink. With the bitters, they go down real easy, no stomach issues, no nothing, it's fantastic. So then I, I go to the bar and then my friend Glenn comes in and uh, him and his friend come in. I'm like, yeah, okay, take a seat. And they were talking to somebody else so then I can still uh, talk. I saw some people I hadn't seen in a long time. Then Todd Barry comes because Todd Barry was with us too. And uh, then he comes in. I was like, well, come to the bar later. You know, I'll be there. So he came in, which was great. And you know what happened to him the day before is that um, I guess him and Sarah or maybe him and Sarah's manager were at the Bowery Hotel and Pedro Pascal came in and he goes hey I um, saw you sitting over there yesterday and he goes yeah no I wasn't uh, I wasn't over there and he's like no I think you and Todd was being a dick like to Pedro Pascal like he's like yeah no I was no yeah I know it you were sitting there with Chris Rock and he goes oh right oh yeah you remember you know like then all of a sudden that turned it's like oh so uh, he really did see me which is so Pedro Pascal was excited to meet Todd Barry, which excited Todd because he was, of course, sitting with Chris Rock at the Barry Hotel, which was exciting. But I was glad he came by. It's always nice to see him. He had one drink and then he left. And that is a perfect evening for me. I stayed there till three in the morning, drinking those vodka sodas with bitters, really didn't feel drunk till the next morning, which, of course, I have to work, you know, at 7 a.m. So it's that? But it was, you know, it was going down good. I left around. I was like, geez, I got to get out of here because I got I to work, which sucks. It ruins Friday nights, which used to be fun. I left there and I'm like, I think I haven't eaten all day. And I realized I, I hadn't. So I was like, well, how am I going to get home? So I took the bike. Or did I? No. Did I bike or did I walk? I can't remember, but I went to that halal place on 14th and 1st. I got the stuff and then I got a bike. And I went home up first. And there's so many potholes and horribleness all the time. I'm screaming because I guess I was drunk. I'm just like, goddamn scumbags, scumbags. Like, I'm, I'm so drunk. There's so many potholes and douchebags and cars and everything. And I'm just yelling and screaming. And while I'm doing that, the the, the lid is opening on the uh, chicken and rice I have in my basket, in my bike basket. And the lettuce is flying. And I'm like, motherfucker. I'm just getting so angry and so bitter and also laughing because I knew I was going to tell you guys about this. So it was just making me so crazy. And so when I finally got to my house, I I put everything together and all this lettuce was in the bike basket. I'm like, I am not going to be that douchebag and leave all the lettuce. So I picked it out. And threw it out of the basket. Because a lot of times I'll get a bike and there's lettuce or something left in there. And it's so gross. People suck. Yesterday when I went to my classroom, there's a leftover water bottle in there. I'm like, come on, man. Clean up after yourself. I leave that place spotless. So nobody likes that. So I'm trying to do the right thing. Meanwhile, I'm just so furious that it's leftover. And I go home and I eat it. Now it's like 4 o'clock. And I'm like, crap, I'm going to wake up in three hours. And I woke up and I was hung over. I was a mess. And then I had to work extra. You know, I had to work 12 and a half hours that day. But thank God I'm working from home. You know, like I tried to take a nap at 1 o'clock. Maybe I did. I can't remember if I could fall asleep. I don't know. I mean, thank God. Working from home. Going to the office for 12 hours would have been a nightmare. But working from home makes it so much easier. Uh, So, yeah, of course. Yeah, go party hard the day. I got to work a 12 and a half hour shift the next day. But that's what I do. It is my thing. And what I remember too with the bike, it was really windy. So it was really, and I wasn't dressed because it was a beautiful day out, and it was just windy and cold. So it was really windy, and it was in my face, and it was blowing the bike over. It was like the worst bike ride home, but also the most hilarious. I don't know why I keep putting myself in that situation. I guess I need the action. I mean, what fun is it doing a podcast if I tell you? Then I took a cab home. No incidents happened. Come on. You got to, it's just going to the city. You got to provide the action for the people. The biking, I'm clapping my hand. I'm like, yeah, come on. The biking is exciting. There's a, there's, there's a chance I could get killed at any moment. Which then I would not be able to bring you the podcast, of course. But I would still, from my deathbed, just, but I must, just give me the microphone. I'm doing my Rico Kasich from uh, TurboChart. <laughs> Uh, i'm joking of course how are you so are you ready for this let me tell you what i did wednesday night (laughs) you're not gonna believe this okay i got photos of everything (laughs) because this is gonna be three fucking weeks in a row three weeks in a row folks get ready sarah's silverman's manager who i'm you know close with and uh you know she's helped me out a couple times, she's really nice. She's also <laughs> Jeff's manager, she's the one that uh, bullied me into going to Ireland with him, right? But she's nice, and it was her birthday. And she wanted first, she wanted to hang out on Valentine's Day, that's what it was. She wanted to hang out on Valentine's Day. We were supposed to go to Valeska or Valsalka, Valeska, the girlfriend that died of a you know a, a curtain rod incident, a questionable curtain rod incident, anyway. Valsalka, but then she's like, Hey, would it be kill you if I don't? I'm like, Oh. Great, I'll see you tomorrow. Her birthday was there. She didn't have anybody to celebrate with. She doesn't live here. So uh, I said, sure, I can go out Wednesday with you. That'd be great. And her uh, cousin Nick, great guy. I've met him multiple times. But Sarah couldn't go because she's doing the Daily Show, and she writes all day, and then she wants to sleep. So I get that, and she gets it too. So she's like, where can we go? And I'm like, what, I got to plan again? I got You know, this is just like dealing with Jeff. So I tell her that uh, we're talking about somewhere where she's staying. She's staying in the Hudson Yards area. And I mentioned this Arthur and Sons that, you know, Vincent works at. And we went to that day with the wine that cost only $7, but they charge $72. she goes, oh, I was just looking at that. I'd like to go there. Is that a good place? I'm like, yeah. So it's like a really hip place. She's like, can we go there? And she said said it's sold out. Like, we can't go Wednesday. I'm like, well, let me call Vincent and see if he can get us in. So he gets us in for Wednesday. At first, we tried for Tuesday. And he's like, nah, it's impossible. But, yeah, he got us in for Wednesday, even though it was sold out just for three of us. 8 o'clock, exactly. Let me tell you. Boy, are they serious? They texted, emailed twice, and they said if you cancel, it's $45 a head to cancel. So whatever, what is that, $140 or so? Obviously, I can't add right, but $150 just to cancel, to not show up, which there was no way I was paying because I was there right on time. But so were they, which I couldn't believe. Yeah, so we go to Arthur and Sons. Now, if you remember correctly, Arthur and Sons uh, says they are, get ready, Family style. <laughs> oh, my God. Three weeks in a row. Three weeks in a row. Fucking family style. The first place, as we know, has no idea what the word family style is. The second place is family style. As you know, last week, we're trying to make the waiter look ridiculous. It is family style. And we say, fuck you. It is telling us what we can or cannot order. And this place says they're family style. And it's questionable, but it doesn't matter. I don't want to make waves here because Vincent works here, right? And we get there, and he goes like, and they're and they're asking questions. I don't, I'm not asking questions. I know how it is. Uh, Nick doesn't want to share, and I get that. And he wants this one dish that has sausage in it and stuff. And it's I guess that and this. Uh, Spicy rigatoni is their best things on the menu. So we know we're going to get that. But then like, and he's like, all you really need is two dishes and two appetizers and you should be good. So he's telling us again what we should get. And then Amy goes, well, shouldn't we get chicken parm? See, chicken parm, everybody wants chicken parm. And this is the second time where I could have been okay not getting the chicken parm. That seems like the most filling thing that I don't need. But hey, it's her. It's her birthday. She wants chicken barn. So, it's like, is it bad if we get three things? Well, and I'm just like, just order the three fucking... What are we doing? I mean, it's like, shut up! Is it bad to have leftover food when there's starving people? Of course there is. But do you make enough money where you could be a dick and just say, you have it? Like Dan Aykroyd, training Places. What should I do with the crepes, sir? You have it. You're so brave, Louis. Someone has to take a stand against criminals like that. But he could have killed you. In such a situation, you have no time to think. Instinct takes over. It's either kill or be killed. Did Lewis tell you what he did today? Mr. Lewis was kind enough to share this afternoon's excitement with me, just kinetically. You're so hot tempered, darling. I would have groveled on the ground and begged for mercy. I want you, Lewis, now. Coleman, sir, I think we'll take our drinks uh, in the living room by the fire. No dessert, sir. You have it. Thank you, sir. I mean, these are people that have money, not me, but you know what I'm saying. I don't understand why these waiters are telling us not to... What is happening? Are these the stupidest... Who's running these places that's telling... Now listen, if the customers don't want to order anymore, make sure they don't order... You know, we don't want them ordering too much, right? Waiters, you got me? We're having, having a meeting. Now we don't want the customers to be completely full when they leave here. Oh my God, what the fuck? What kind of restaurant business is that. That's the second time they're trying to shortcut us like we're like, "Well, I don't know if I'd order a third dish." Jesus Christ, what what is happening? So, we ordered the three and we got a Caesar salad which was ter- cuz it looked so good. It was just all right. The food there is just all right. It is not the the big thing that everybody thinks it is because it's sold out and it's making a fortune and everybody wants to go in there for some reason. The food ain't that great. It's just okay. I still haven't been to a place where the food is so spectacular. I want to come on this podcast and say, oh my God, I just had the greatest meal of my life. When is that day going to happen and why don't I have my own restaurant show? Because I want to go and say, I like the people at Arthur and Sons. I I it's nice there, but the food is okay. And the, you know, we ordered the, the wine, but we ordered a glass of wine, and then Amy goes, She we ordered a glass of wine, and she's trying it. She can I taste it? And I'm like, oh my God, Vincent would hate her, even though it's the right thing to do. And she's sitting there tasting, and the waiter's just sitting there. He's so busy. And she's like, you know, swigging it. Like it's like a joke. She's like swigging it. Hmm. I don't know about this. <laughs> the waiter's got so many other places. that's so packed in there. Um, that feels like something I would do just to be a complete asshole. But this is the way she's always been. So it's, it's not that big a deal. She's always been like at this restaurant. Um, what are you really known for? We already know what they're known for. We were talking about it at the table. I don't understand why she's continually asking questions. We're you know, taking up this poor guy's time. This bothers the hell out of me because I feel like they really have no respect for the people that work there. They're in another world and another planet. They don't live like you and I do where, you know, we, we, we're we right on the edge of possibly just losing everything we have. And we have to understand that you have people have jobs to make ends meet and they don't have time for your goddamn L.A. nonsense. So we get to, I said, well, I'll just have whatever she's having. I trust her and I got the, I think we got a Tuscan wine or something and... Who in the hell knows what that is, and it was pretty good. And then they're like, let's get two more. She goes, well, you want to get one and share it? And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking, what is happening? You want to share a glass of wine? And then she goes, oh, well, I'm kind of a lightweight. I'm like, oh, I get. well, I'm not sharing. I want a full glass of wine for myself, and I can't believe I have to tell you this. I'm telling you, I'm going to restaurants with the worst people. Now, her cousin Nick is the best. He's, he's a big guy. He doesn't want to share, and he paid for all of us. I said, no, come on, it's her birthday, because she was going to pay. I'm like, no, we can't let She goes, well, Jessica doesn't pay. And I'm like, see, she gets it. So why am I complaining about her? I'm an idiot. But, <laughs> but I was prepared to pay, because it's her birthday. I couldn't let her pay. But he paid for everybody, which was very nice. He's a big guy. He likes to eat. He, likes to, he doesn't like to share. I think I want to be best friends with this guy. He gets it. He knows what to order. He ordered, like, three Manhattans. He just, you know, didn't take up any trouble. He was, uh, he was a delight. I mean, we really had a great time, and she was so happy because they were playing these songs, like DJ songs, because apparently she had just found out we were supposed to go to dinner with some DJ named Diplo. Is that his name? I don't know. It's like we already had this reservation, but five minutes before they got there, like, oh, no, Diplo just invited us for dinner, all of us. And I said, who the fuck is Diplo? She was always a DJ, and I'm like, I am the only DJ... That you need to be with this evening. So I don't know. I looked him up, and he—I uh, guess he's uh, pretty cool. I mean, I listen. If we didn't have the reservation and Vincent wasn't the guy who set it up, I would have said, "Let's go," because I could tell you guys. Yeah, I hung out with Diplo last night. You know, you see this guy? Yeah, he's all right. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah, Diplo. Yeah, hanging out with Diplo the other night. so He's a good guy. <laughs> Diplo. And now, like, people are going to be like, wait, you almost had an opportunity to hang with Diplo? I sure did. Yeah, I passed it up for some chicken parm. You know how it is. Anyway, the food comes, and I'm like, hey, we're going to have to go through it, And I'm like, you know what? I'm not doing it to these guys. I'm done. I could, could I have forced it in again? I'm like, you know what? I'm not trying to make this waiter look ridiculous. He's cool, and he was fun. So I had just a little bit extra because I thought maybe I could put it together. And I'm like, nah, nah, nobody cares here. We did that bit last week because that waiter deserved it and he's an asshole. And I'm sure he's thinking about it today, <laughs> a week later. But this guy was great. This waiter was great. The hostess came over. We told everybody we'd know Vincent. They're like, oh my God, we love Vincent. And it's so funny because, you know, he's 72, 73, and everybody loves him who's like 20. And I'm telling you, we're very much alike. Like, we just, we know people of all ages and it's just uh, really funny. And the funny thing about Vincent, he's just so curmudgeony just like me i guess that's why we're friends but he, he always has good stories and they're all fascinated by him and he's so cute and it's funny so she goes oh well vincent didn't realize that we have a back door he could just come in directly from his apartment because like, he lives right across the street so he found out about that he was going the wrong way and uh it, and then when he found out, they all thought it was really funny that he could actually have a shorter walk from his house to the restaurant, which is directly across the street from where he lives, uh, which is that corner bistro place. So it was kind of funny. Diplo. But we had a lovely time. And then I, I walked Amy back to Hudson Yards, which is a to-do. But I thought it was the right thing to do. She was going to catch a new. I'm like, nah, I don't mind walking. She's like, if that takes you out of your way. I'm like, it's hey, it's your birthday. Hey, I'll take a bike home. She's like, you can take a bike from Hudson Yards. I'm like, yeah, do it all the time. So I walked her back to her hotel in Hudson Yards, and that's the worst place to be because it's so windy. It wasn't that cold. It was a beautiful night, but you know, you walk up Eighth Avenue, it's so gross. We make a left by Penn Station. You know, you don't want to be hanging around, walking around there, but. It wasn't horrible. And then I took the bike home from all the way. I was like at Hoboken. I was in Hoboken. And I'm like, now now I'm going to take a bike. And that's when normally most people would take a cab. But I'm like, that bike is so easy, especially as long as you get the electric one. So I took that home and I got home in really no time at all. And that's all the way on the other side of the world if you live in Manhattan. I mean, really, it's so far. (laughs) It was the right thing to do. She's an okay kid. She's been very helpful. I'm hoping to ask her for more stuff. That's yeah, the story. Now, let me tell you something. Yesterday, my class, as you know, uh, I showed them Arthur. I made them watch Arthur. And then one of the girls in the class goes, um, all right, I'm just going to be honest. I didn't watch it. And I'm like, you know, you were out one week, and now you're watching. I'm sort of, anyway. We're having such a good time in this class. I'm really bonding with the kids. It's really terrific. And really, they they stay later now. They just want to talk more after class is over. So like three of them stayed, and we were just talking. And uh, I asked one of the girls to stay because I know she's likes the radio. And I said, my friend is a, was a legendary DJ down the Jersey Shore. You might want to talk to him, this guy Mike Sodder. Uh, If you're because I don't know anybody that wants that likes radio anymore. So I love that she loves radio and she spins vinyls like on Tuesday, spins records. I'm like, oh, where is this studio? She goes, oh, it's on the second floor. I'm like, there's a second floor. Can you show me? And she goes, yeah. So she took me on a tour yesterday of the building, which nobody had done before. And I went to the radio station where the kids are. And I there were four of the kids up there, they're running the radio station and they're in this little room putting it together. It was so cute. And it was so cool. And they're like, Oh, this is my professor. Like <laughs> and uh remember I introduced myself as Dave, and I'm like, Oh, I wonder if I'm supposed to tell them even my first name. But she goes, Yeah, this is my professor. So so then it wasn't weird, you know what I'm saying? And the the kids were happy and they were really great and you know, they're just talking about music and vinyl and this one girl's talking about, well, I love CDs. I collect CDs. I'm like, oh my God, I have so many CDs in a storage locker, in my thing. And I told them I have so many vinyls. I got, you know, purple rain on a purple disc. And they're like, oh. you know, it was really cool. And I was just telling them, you know, yeah, you don't understand albums were the greatest because, you know, then you could just stare at that cover. Cause, you, cause this girl was going, I like CDs cause the cover art is good. And they have the line. I'm like, yeah, but that's why albums are better. They're bigger. <laughs> but whatever they like it was so much fun and it was really fun hanging out with one of my students it was cool and uh, the other student I go like oh did you want to talk to me and he goes no I just like listening to you talk Uh, and I'm like oh (laughs) no one ever says that that's very nice I'm just so happy I love these kids and uh, I guess I just like teaching and I really like teaching and I always knew I would since I did go into it uh, in college so I guess I always knew no matter what I did at some point whether I became a television star or whatever the plan was at the beginning that eventually at some point I was going to go back to teach in fact if I remember correctly in my high school yearbook I think I said the things that I want or something I, I think if I remember I mean you know four years ago I think I put one day I hope to see my name and uh, credits of a like major motion picture Uh, One, you know, playing John Adams somewhere, number two, right? Who the fuck has that dream? We talked about that. And number three, teach a class one day. So that had always been my plan, and I guess I'm just teaching a class about something you love, movies. Now, did they love Arthur? I don't know. Again, I said it doesn't matter. You know, it's just we're talking about script writing and the jokes. And so what I did, and I can show you this in the bonus show. It's six minutes long, but, I, you know, who cares? Anybody who's... Watching me in the bonus show, you know you're going to like it. I'll just show you the whole scene from Arthur. And what I did was I put in jokes and gags. I put in like numbers and a little ding of how many. So six minutes, 32 jokes or gags in that time. So I think I'll just show it to you on the bonus show. Like, why not, right? Nobody can stop us. We don't put it on YouTube or anything. So we'll just do it. You can just fast forward if you don't like it. So that's what I'm going to do. So you should totally sign up on Patreon uh, for 10 bucks a month. You get to see stuff like that and pictures of food. <laughs> oh, that's right. I got the baked clams at that place, too. I can't help myself. At least uh, Nick ate some, too, because he's a man. Not like Dave and Russ, who are not men. Well, Russ might be, but Dave is not. a tell. I'm talking about. Yeah, the, uh, once again, class was fun. We don't know what's happening with Paul Rudd, but I came up with a goddamn awesome solution, so there's no way for me to lose since I already told them. So I don't know when he's coming. You know, he hasn't, he's, you know, his movie's coming out today, taping today, uh, Ant-Man. So I know he's busy. And I said, listen, I don't know if you're available next Thursday, that'd be great. But he hasn't, he's busy. He's been traveling. I know he's in Australia with Jeff. He's at the Super Bowl. So, so the way I look at it, I know he's going to get back to me at some point. I told the kids, I'm like, well, you know, maybe it'll just be like a Saturday afternoon or something and he's available and we'll just all Zoom because that's what we are going to do anyway, so we'll do that. So that way, it's going to happen regardless. Then there could be no issues. So that's beautiful. Now, ne- this week, as I told you, my friend Danny Vermont will be on the Tuesday show. He is a writer for Real Time with Bill Maher. He's been that, doing that for 20 years, maybe more. So he's a fun guy. And on Billy Joel A to Z, we have the uh, River of Dreams wrap up part two <laughs> so you can enjoy because that's all we're doing now and then next week of course Liberty DeVito so that's exciting and that's all that is happening in the just Cow in the city universe and so we'll see you next week on the last day of February the 28th on another exciting episode of just Cow in the city have a great week everybody Good night.